There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. We appreciate you listening. And Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network's best analyst, love listening to him talk draft because you put in so much work studying the tape, just like you did when you were a scout with the Eagles and in your other jobs in the NFL. So we appreciate you joining us again because we're we're on it now. Well, I've got a situation now where I only do interviews in cabanas at, at, <laughs> at casinos. Yeah. So that's where we are right now. Well, John. thanks for actually <laughs> allowing us in there. We can have drink service there. Yeah. I love it. Well, you're a stud, man. No, I, mean, I appreciate you're, you, buddy. You're, you're doing great with this, um, the NFL draft every single year, and that's why I value your opinion, and I think Philadelphia does. So when you were on with us last month, you said, there's no way they're making all three picks in the first round. Boom, Howie makes the trade. You saw that coming? I didn't see that particular trade coming at that time, but I thought there's no way once we get here and they're on the clock that they're going to select three guys in the first round. There's no chance. And I knew they wanted to get something for next year. So... They're able to get, get that accomplished much earlier than, than I anticipated. And this is pretty amazing because they have two picks in the top 20 for the first time in 49 years. You can't mess this one up. Yeah. They did well in last year's draft. Right now, just gut instinct, you're putting it on your mock draft. Who are you saying the Eagles get with those two picks in the first round? Well, I'm going to say that they probably don't stick in those same two spots. You know, that's just kind of the way they do business. So it's going to be hard to predict. But, you know, I look at a couple different players and positions. You know, maybe there's a chance that Kyle Hamilton gets to them, who I think is one of the top five players in this draft. I'd run the card up. The safety from Notre Dame uh, would fill a need for him, and he's a premier player. And I also look at the corner position. I think there's going to be some value there. Maybe it's Trent McDuffie, you know, from Washington. You put him opposite Slay. You've got two rock-solid corners then uh, that you could play with. And those are kind of the positions. I, I know edge rusher, you'd love to get an edge rusher. It's going to come down to me whether or not they like Karloftis. If they like Karloftis, then that could be one of their picks. But I think the other guys are gone. All right, so looking at their drafts over the last 20 years, they haven't taken a safety for, in forever. Yeah. And then the last corner they took was 20 years ago, Lito Shepard. What so, about linebacker? Linebacker. Oh, we got to go back to, were we even born in yeah, the 70s? Yeah, it's been then? a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a while. So, yeah. so I, I, I honestly got to think because all they do in the first round is draft offensive linemen, defensive linemen, quarterbacks, and now receivers. Receivers. Yeah. receivers. So yep. what do you think the probability is that they go D-line or receiver and or receiver? I think there's, I actually think there's a greater chance they go receiver than D-line. Um, you know, I, Chris Olave is a, a name I think that could be there. I also think there's a chance we see these receivers just fly off the board. Um, it's been kind of the off season of receivers. When you look at what these guys have got paid, you look at the trades, um, they've all kind of migrated up the board. So, you know, I would say Olave would be a chance there. That could be the pick. It could be Olave versus Karloftis. That could be the choice. Yeah. How about Jamison Williams? We're hearing a Long lot of noise. Gone. Long gone. Long gone. Not sniffing him. No chance. Top 10. 
I think Jets? he's going to go in the top 10 to 12 picks. Yeah. Top, okay, so if Howie Roseman's sitting there, and he got a sense last year, he had to jump over the Giants, yeah. working with the Cowboys to get that 10th pick to get Devontae Smith, do yeah. you think that he could make a move for a guy like Jamison Williams? I would not rule it out. I mean, I think you have certain guys you target, and they have the, the ability with all these picks to be aggressive. So if you feel like there's that's the guy and there's a big drop-off after that, I, yeah, they, they're not hesitant to, to be aggressive and go get a guy. So, you know, I look at them moving up for potentially Jameson Williams. I look at them if if maybe, you know, London or or Garrett Wilson were to kind of drop a little bit. I could see them moving for any of those receivers. And I could also see them if Kayvon Thibodeau starts to slide a little bit, be aggressive and go get him. All right, so if you're putting, like, odds on, what position do you think they're getting? If you're number one odds. Yeah. If I'm saying that they're sticking, right, and they're not trading, yeah. I'm going to say corner is going to be their first pick. I'm going to say if they are aggressive, which is in their DNA, then I would say edge rusher is going to be their pick. Okay. Edge rusher obviously fills a need. Receiver fills a need. Corner fills a need. So, I mean, obviously you can get what you want here. Do you think they're going to come away, though, with two players who can be impact players in the NFL? They should. I mean, when you look at where they're picking, there are 20 impact players in this draft. So if you've got two picks in the top 20, stands the reason you should come away with two impact guys. You're better at math than I was. So, so all right, I just figured that out. So, so is that what you think, 20 impact players, is what you're seeing? Yeah, to me, there's 11 or 12 guys that are separate, you know, that are kind of in their own tier. And then after that, I think there's another group of about 10 guys in that mix I think are just rock-solid players. So if you do have 20 impact players, do you think it's less likely that they trade back with 18 or one of those picks? I would say they're, to me, I w- at this point in time, and it all is fluid, it all can change, yeah. I feel like they would probably be more likely to move up than to move back. Okay. And, and when you look at what they've been trying to do at receiver, obviously yeah. they want to give Jalen Hurts the best possible uh, thing that they can so that he can succeed. They tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. Yeah. They put in offers for some of these free agent receivers, but my goodness, the market just blew Crazy. up. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Is, were you surprised by how how, how far that? You kept know what? Away? It's it's interesting. It's just it's become uh, just this incredibly important position, and I think a lot of it can be traced back just to this last year when you look at Jamar Chase and going there, and that was that big debate, right? Do you take the tackle? Do you take the receiver? And that was like a litmus test. And you said, okay, this guy changed their football team. You know, you get a dynamic player right there, change your football team. So the price has gone up. And teams are now sitting there saying, man, you know, if, if, you, don't, if you don't get in the draft, you got to get in free agency. Well, okay, if I don't get a linebacker or, you know, a safety, what we were talking about earlier, or, you know, uh, you know, you could talk about a guard, I can go into free agency and fill that. I really don't want to go pay a receiver $25 million a year in free agency, so it's a lot easier for me to just draft him. So you made that great point when the last time we sat down a month ago that this is a way if you go receiver as well in the first round again, you've got Devontae Smith and this receiver under contract for five years. Dirt cheap. Yeah. Dirt cheap. I mean, I always, you know, it's it's the name that we talked about last time. But when you look at, at Justin Jefferson's contract, he makes $3 million a year. Wow. So you think about, I love Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's a good player. Is, he, is Christian Kirk $17 million more valuable? Yeah. Not, not even close. Obviously, yeah. he's a, Jefferson's a much better player. So financially, it's it's a strong argument to take a wide out. That, that's a tremendous point about it, where you're allocating your, your dollars. So if you're, if you're looking at this draft, the Eagles, Howie Roseman talked about this is not one or two players away this year. It's almost yeah. like a two-year retool. We yeah. never use the word rebuild with Howie, of course, right? You said. Of course. But two years, so... Are you thinking with this draft and what they got last year and adding in some free agents that this team can be back in contention? 
Yeah, I mean they're they're right there right now. I mean inside this division for sure. Now when you widen it out inside you know to the conference and then trying to chase a championship, they're they're pieces away. Um, but I think just more impact. I talk about blue players, right? Those blue chip players, those real difference makers. You go back to that Eagle Super Bowl team. There's probably twelve, you know, ten to twelve real blue players, difference making players. Talking about top five type players at their position. They're short on that right now. So to me, that's that's something they've got to continue to chase down here over the next two years. And obviously you've got Fletcher Cox on the last year of a deal, Brandon Graham. Uh, you never know after this coming season what's yeah. going to happen. Uh, so you got to look at maybe a push up the middle. Javon Hargrave as well. Yeah, Hargrave's a stud, by the way. I always feel like, and this is you know from a national standpoint, everybody talks about Fletch, and this could be Fletcher's last year, and Fletcher might be a Hall of Famer. He's had an unbelievable career. Javon Hargrave's freaking good. Like, he is really good. So let's not forget, he's still there. Like, they're not, the cupboard's not going to be bare here. I think he's got some good football left. Yeah. So, uh, but Jordan Davis, if he was there, it'd be pretty fun. All right, no, it's interesting because a lot of people say Jordan Davis doesn't necessarily have the stats to back it up, the don't push care. up yeah, the middle. That's he, ig- it's ignorant. I, it? I don't care. I mean, to me, when they say, oh, you know, he, he came off the field on third downs and you look at the play count stuff. The guy that they've got there, Jalen Carter, is number 88. He's going to be a top five pick next year. Okay. This guy's not coming off the field for Johnny Tryhard to get some extra reps. Like they rolled all these guys through and won a national championship because they kept everybody fresh. Just because he didn't get as many opportunities doesn't mean he can't do it. He's a physical freak who plays hard. Um, they're hard to find. It's hard to find guys that big and that athletic. He reminds me of Hainsworth when Hainsworth was young in this league and was a dominating player. So when you look at this draft and where the Eagles are sitting, do you think it helps that it looks like there's going to be a lot of offensive tackles that go? Uh, how do you think the board is going to play out? Does it play into the Eagles' favor trying to get one of their needs? Well, I, I, you know, I think those top tackles are going to be gone. The challenge is going to be if you really want one of those wideouts. I think we could see that wideout run for reasons we've already discussed. Um, but you know, you look at some of those other positions. I, I just think when they're sitting there on the clock, if they don't move, I, I think a guy like McDuffie's going to be the highest graded player that's there at that point in time. He's a really, really good football player. I don't think he goes before they pick. So Jalen Hurts going into this year, all eyes are going to be on him. And if they're able to get a young receiver, do you think you've seen enough from Jalen improving each year, being in a different system in in his couple spots in college, then in the NFL, do you think that he'll continue to improve? He should. I mean, getting comfortable in this system, I think you'll see him, but that's, that's what they've done is they've kind of protected themselves next year with some extra picks. So, man, you're wishing and hoping that this is the case, that he continues to take that next step. And if he does, that's fantastic. You can support him with these extra picks. And if for some reason you don't see progression, then you've got left yourself some options. And also when you look at this year's draft and you look at the possibility of the players coming out next year, yeah. I mean, are you looking at quarterbacks going one and two next year? Well, Alabama's got an edge rusher that's better than anybody in this whole draft um, that's coming back to school. So a lot of that's going to kind of depend on who's picking up there and what they need. But uh, I mentioned the defensive tackle from Georgia with a couple quarterbacks. So I haven't done a ton of work on that group next year, but there's some name brand dudes in next yeah. year's class. But but does Howie and, and the Eagle staff, do they look ahead and they say, oh, okay, absolutely. we see what is also coming out next year, and then those two quarterbacks coming out, Bryce Young and Stroud. So, yeah. so they're... And there's going to be others. I mean, we weren't talking about Joe Burrow at this point in time going into his final season. We weren't talking about Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray at that point in time either. So there's going to be other players that emerge through the process. But just what we know so far, it looks like a strong group. So when we see this draft play out, 
Are there going to be a lot of surprises? Because I think everybody says they kind of know who the top 20, top... Maybe we know 18. the names, but right. we don't know where the heck they're going. Yeah. You know, So that's what's so unique about this one. Is it becoming more and more like that with the draft? You know, if it does feel like it, you know, more recently, usually when you have quarterbacks, it just shapes the draft and defines it and you can kind of fill in around it. Um, when you don't know what's going to take place or if any of these quarterbacks are going to go, you kind of lose your pillars. I guess we're here looking at all these pillars like you, you have those pillars, you kind of build around them. It's hard to do that when you don't know what's going on with the quarterbacks. Before we let you go, I know you want to enjoy this nice suite you have here in <laughs> Vegas. Um, any funny stories, anything from your days in Philly that, that or something that defined you or a, a lesson you learned or a funny story? Yeah, something that I happened. wish I could give you a really funny story. I mean, I, I don't know if I told you the one before about uh, Polk. You remember the running back? Chris Polk? Polk? Chris Polk. Yeah. So it's after the draft, and uh, my job that year was to uh, help recruit the undrafted free agents for the running backs that we were going to bring in. So I was paired up with Deuce. So it was me and Deuce, and we got a tag team these running backs. So we, we identified him. We really liked him. We weren't going to take him, but we wanted to bring him as a free agent. So we're calling him in the seventh round saying, we've got huge grades on you, but we're not drafting a running back. So you know, you're our top guy. We want to bring you in, yada, yada, yada. So while we're talking to him on the phone, he goes, you guys just took Bryce Brown. And, we, and me and Deuce look at each other and we go, what? Like, we were outside the draft room. We didn't know this has happened. It's like, no, no, no. But no, we have, we have more. And we're like scrambling. What do we do? What do we do? And he didn't want anything to do with us. And so we're just like, we got to keep him on the phone. Keep him on the phone. So then finally, Deuce gets a great, great idea. Let's just go get Andy. So we're this kid is not coming to Philly. He doesn't want to come there. We just drafted a running back. So we walk down to Coach Reed's office and we go, you know, Coach, we've got uh, Chris Polk on the phone trying to get him but he doesn't want to come and he just calmly takes the phone he goes chris i talked to your mom first thing he says and it was 30 wow. seconds later he was a philadelphia wow. eagle yeah the andy reed touch huh that was the touch he's just that's that's andy though he was sitting there saying you guys are talking to the wrong guy yeah. <laughs> call in the closer andy reed yes he that's did awesome there you go that's good stuff well they both wound up uh having a, they both played they yeah. both had careers so yeah, yeah. for you know for that point in the process again not the, not the sexiest name but it was a. Uh, me and dudes were sweating bullets there. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Got to close this one. Yeah. yeah. Andy had to save the day. That's great. Well, hey, Thanks, you have buddy. been working your butt off, and we appreciate you taking the time again to uh, let Philly know about all the things you're learning about the draft. So nah, it's going it to be, be It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be, be fun. Wild. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. All right. And we are now joined by NFL analyst Charles Davis. And, Charles, it is beautiful out here in Vegas, but we <laughs> are working out here. And uh, I wanted to ask you, because Philly would like to know, 15 and 18 – your mock draft, who do you have the Eagles getting? Well, I think they're going to take a quarterback. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, just don't kidding. start that Just again. kidding, right? <laughs> Getting everybody all up in arms over that one. No, the truth of the matter is my third mock draft, my final one, you know you're going up and down the board the whole deal. I still believe strongly that wide receiver is going to be one of those two choices. And I think corner, if a good corner is available, fits the bill for them. I know linebacker always comes up. The reason I don't put a linebacker there at all, even though Devin Lloyd, N'Kobe Dean, those guys probably would be available, they just haven't shown it over the years. This crew, Howie Roseman and people, linebacker someone you get later. So here's the big reveal. Would you be okay with Jamison Williams from Alabama at 15, the wide receiver, and Andrew Booth, the corner from Clemson at 18? I think that's what I'm. That's what I put in my final mock. 
I think Philly would be Final happy answer. with that. Final answer. How's All right. that? <laughs> All right. I won't go ask you what your first and second mock drafts were. It was something similar. Yeah. I was there something very similar to that where it was a, it was a wide receiver in a corner. I might have had a D, uh, D lineman in there. Might have had a Devontae Wyatt in there because, yeah. you know, Fletcher Cox with another one-year deal and pressure on the quarterback. Might have done that before. But this is what I settled on for this one. So is it okay to take a receiver for three straight years in the first round considering they did try to add one in free agency or tried to trade for Calvin Ridley and couldn't get it done. It absolutely is okay to do it for this reason. This is a referendum on the quarterback. This is Jalen Hurts. You can say he's your guy. You can talk about it. You can do it. But this season certainly feels like he is or he's not. And I don't mean to put it in a bad way with the young man. I love him, and I love the gifts that he brings to the table. But that trade with New Orleans certainly felt like, hey, let's get a set two, two number ones next year in case we like the quarterback crop and we can evaluate them there. Smart move by Philadelphia. But the reason you do it is to give him the best opportunity to succeed. Give him another guy outside. Devontae Smith sure worked out pretty well. Jury's out on Jalen Rager. This young man comes in, gives him another target, another guy to play with, play pitch and catch. I like it. And, and by the way, everybody's going to say Alabama. And that wasn't the same, right? right. Wanted to say Jameson Williams came later from Ohio State. So Jameson Williams obviously injured. Yeah. Uh, but when you are able to line up Devontae Smith and Jameson Williams for years to come, what do you think of that young core? Love it. And you've got them controlled financially because you're seeing this wide receiver market go crazy now. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, nowadays we've been talking about the five-year quarterback with that extra year on, mm -hmm. on the court. You're thinking about it with receivers now. When you get the top ones, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay them? I just love what those guys bring to the table because Devontae Smith, elite route runner, finds his ways open. We always were talking about the Slim Reaper and can he hold up. I don't think we have any more questions about that anymore. And Jamison Williams coming off of injury, the reports are that he's ahead of schedule. The reports are that he has a very good chance of being ready for the season. This guy can flat out go. Four plays last year over 70 yards. This is what you want. You've got to stretch people, push them deep, and allow your guys to work underneath. You know who really approves that? Dallas Goddard. He's going yeah. to love that. It gives him a chance to work in underneath roles. And Nick Sirianni, uh, he loves his receivers <laughs> being a receiver himself and yes. a receiver's coach. So I think you want to give him what he wants. And, and you get the sense that Jeff Lurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, they want a dynamic passing attack. Yeah. They, they like running the ball, but they want that dynamic passing attack. This is not new stuff in Philadelphia. Joe Banner is the GM. Andy Reid is the head coach. Now here we are with Nick Sirianni and crew. Throwing the football is their base. You know, I did a number of Buffalo games last year. Brian Dayball, now the head coach of the Giants. He just told me point blank. You know how we used to hide about throwing the ball? and all? He said point blank, we are a passing team and we sprinkle in the run. That's how Buffalo operated. I'm not saying Philadelphia is Buffalo because you run it pretty darn well with Miles Sanders and crew. But at the same time, like Jerry Glanville used to say, you run the ball to set a tone, but when you want to ring that bell, you got to throw it. And that's where we are. Yeah, and, and it is a passing league. So interesting that you go cornerback with that other pick, Andrew Booth, because I looked up for the Eagles. The last time they took a corner in the first round, it was 20 years ago, Lito Shepard. And since then, they've basically taken 
offensive, yep. defensive line, quarterback, or receiver. They want those premium positions. So if there is a defensive end, edge rusher, pass rusher there, you think they still go corner? Or I, do you I, think they want that guy to get after the quarterback? I think if that guy is there, the pass rusher, and he, they have a better grade on him, because that's the one thing we always have to keep in mind. What does their board tell them? Because you want your board set to take the emotion of the night out. When all of a sudden this guy shows up and you're, oh, I got to have him. This guy's, oh, I got to have him. You want that out. What does that tell you? The reason I went corner there is I think a lot of those guys will be gone, first and foremost. The second part is the way Jonathan Gannon has played his defense. That heavy zone concept, you need a guy opposite Darius Slay, a playmaker who will make plays on the ball when it comes downfield. That's Andrew Booth at Clemson. He played a lot of that. You know, when you, when you see him, we'd say that bail, uh, press bail technique where he had eyes back into the quarterback side, shuffle, see the play, make a play on the ball. The way the game's going, balls are going to be downfield. Plays are going to have to be made. The way Jonathan Gannon calls defense, it kind of fits what Andrew Booth does. But I think your question is, is, is a correct one. And if an elite guy slips down there, they're going to do their homework. They may have to take him. Yeah, and Howie Roseman has been known to trade up. Yep. And he's also been known to trade back. So I've heard people say they only see 15 to 20 actual first-round grades in this draft? What are you thinking when you see that? I've heard that as well, and each team has their own evaluation system, but I don't think that's unusual. I think that that is more the norm about how guys are graded, like who's a true first-rounder, even though I'm going to pick a guy in the first round. It's just interesting to hear them actually say it, because at the end of every draft, no matter what city you go to, when the GM steps up to the podium, that's exactly who we wanted. We got the guy Always. we were looking for. <laughs> so to, to say there's only 15 to 20, and you're picking 31, then that can't be who you wanted. So yeah. why would it Why would it be said? So you think Jamison Williams will be there at 15, or do you think Howie might have to move up a couple spots like he did last year with DeMonte? He, he, he may have to move up, but it just depends on how they come off the board because it's a grouping. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Drake London, right? Jamison Williams. How do they come off the board and where do they go? If there's going to be action, I think the action starts with the Jets at 10. Does someone try and get up ahead of them? To get one of these receivers, yeah. that's where that's where that's where the fun kicks in. Do you think it does help the Eagles that there's probably going to be a bunch of offensive tackles that go yeah. early on, and I think they're pretty good they're, right they're, now with the offensive line. Do you think, think that helps good. keep some of those receivers or DNs or corners there? Absolutely, because you would expect three offensive linemen to be gone by then, maybe four. You know, right in that grouping, because New Orleans at 16. That's a prime spot for a left tackle because we know how New Orleans loves their offensive line. Teron Armstead now going to Miami. Does that fourth offensive tackle, or if somehow, heaven forbid, a third one slides down there, New Orleans would be, I think they'd be racing to the podium. Or I don't know how we do it nowadays. <laughs> you call it in, you teleport it, you do whatever. But they would get that pick in, and I'm sure us TV people would be like, too fast, hold on, right, right. hold on, we'll, we'll do it later. Well, well, thank goodness we're back in person this year. Yes. So you were talking about Jalen Hurts. And if they get Jamison Williams, you do have some playmakers. Dallas yes. Goddard, Devontae Smith, you've got Miles Sanders, you've got a good offensive line. If I were to put you on the spot, do you think Jalen Hurts is the Eagles quarterback the following season after this year, or do you think that he is not going to be good enough to be a Super Bowl possibility at quarterback? No, I think that he will be your quarterback really? next year. I do. I think that we're continuing to surround not, not 2022. We're talking no, next 2023. Year. Right. So being able to put that together, surround him with those people, continue to run the football, that offensive line doing it, he is going to continue to grow and improve. I say that he's going to be the quarterback. Remember, we're always looking for those guys. We're always trying to find another quarterback. Have you seen all those teams? That oh, well, we're going to go get uh, – oh, 
I, I think when you got bird in the hand and you continue to improve, I'm betting on the young man. Final question for you, because you get to meet with head coaches and quarterbacks. So when you met with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts yeah. for the games that you did in Philly this year, what are your impressions of them? Thoroughly impressed in terms of, the, I'm going to start with Jalen Hurts. I'm thoroughly impressed with both. But thoroughly impressed with Jalen Hurts because that young man carries himself like a pro. And one of the things that I, I keep telling people is underblown, under, under, undercovered is, he is the son of a coach. How many times do we say that about so many other players? And for him, it's more of an afterthought. That's not really the thing. He was raised on it. In the old days, you would have watched the video, the, the tape on, the, on the, the, the door of the refrigerator. That's how I watched it with my dad, who was a coach. This is how you did it. He was raised in the game. His dad coached him. He's played at a high level. He, God was conference player of the year in the SEC and the Big 12. Okay, he's, he, he understands how this works. Sirianni, everybody always wanted to go back to the early press conference and this and that. It's like, guys, winning press conference doesn't make it work. He grew in the job as well. And he grabbed that team with those flower analogies that everybody wanted to make fun of. Team figured it out, and they followed him. This guy continues to grow on the job as well. By the way, he was raised in the coaching profession too. Look, look at the brothers, look at the dad. He knows what he's doing. And that's why kind of Jalen Hurts allows Nick to coach him hard, and and they have that. If Jalen Hurts called his father and said, "Man, that coach is all over me," father's hanging up. On him. <laughs> father's not listening to that. He's like, yeah. "Son, that's what he's there for." And Jalen understands that and responds to it well. He played for Nick Saban. You think he doesn't understand hard coaching? You think Nick Saban didn't talk to his quarterbacks? You know he did. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing you in Philly again this coming year. We don't know what the games, the schedule is going to We always like shake out. Philadelphia. It's, yeah. always, it's always great. It's such a great atmosphere. I hope we get multiple games there again as we did last year. All right, great. Well, Vegas isn't bad either, so thanks for having no, us. No, we'll, we'll take it. Thank you. Appreciate your time. All right.